there's sacred spaces in the middle everywhere. There's like there's there's always sort of an answer in the gap. There's like like nobody's right. I'm not right. You're not right. There's some, but there's something in the middle that's better than what either of us had before this conversation. And it's in here. It's like how do we get to there every time? It's Uncommon Good, the podcast where we talk with ordinary people doing uncommon good in service of our common humanity. I am Polly Reese. Fam, my guest today, Peter Boyd, Scotland's own favorite son. An incredible journey he's lived. Humble beginnings in Edinburgh to South Africa, where he worked in the Virgin Mobile South Africa C-suite and the Carbon War Room. Many stops in between, but most recently he's landed in Connecticut, where he lectures at the Center for Business and the Environment at Yale. He runs his own company, Time for Good. He coaches entrepreneurs and C-level executives alike. He's an avid, avid ultra runner. And oh yeah, he has two TED Talks, two. Couple things we talked about what it was like to make the transition in teaching through COVID, how he strategizes getting the private sector to care about climate change, an incredible list of reading recommendations adding to the increasingly growing Uncommon Good bookshelf, what it was like for him to learn personally from Sir Richard Branson his experience running ultra marathons in the desert, and so, so much more. I continue to learn incredible things from my guests, and I hope you do too. Here's my conversation with Peter. We haven't, we haven't physically seen each other since the before time. That's right. That's right. Pre, pre. Pre, <laughs> before um before pandemic before covid um what what was that like uh 2019 bc that's right yes yes exactly so it's and we're still so head and shoulder shot only uh, that's the thing that's that, that's that's exactly right we're we're all just we're all we're all heads and shoulders in boxes now we might we might be robots like i think that's the biggest thing in post-covid times is is especially for new COVID contacts, is is realizing how tall the other person is when you see them. <laughs> so many times, or or conversely, um, and I suppose this this also considers how tall, um, how short a person is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. and you're like, oh wow, okay. Um, I I've gotten it on multiple occasions. Like, look at you. <laughs> so you have so many hats. You teach at um, at the School of the Environment. You, you offer lectures there and in joint with the School of Management. You coach, um, you, you train in leadership. What has, how has COVID and, and lockdowns, et cetera, how has that impacted like your different lines of business in your um, world? I, I, suppose, I suppose it's like, I feel it's more like lines of life rather than lines of business. Uh, yeah. I suppose, especially sort of, you know, sort of, sort of teaching in university doesn't feel like a business. I think also a lot of my, Coaching and consulting is um, is for as much for nonprofits and right. towns and things like that as it is for for uh, sort of pro, you know private sector professionals. Um, I it's an interesting one of the impact of COVID. I, I I just think it's it's changed form, but it's fundamentally not. It's it's as busy as ever. I yeah. think, and if not, sort of, or rather, it's getting busier, but because of like me, like everybody else, just trying to hopefully do a better job of things. Yeah. So, 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 so the interesting piece was joining the faculty for the first time in January, 2020, you know, so mm-hmm. getting at, at the Yale School of the Environment, getting kind of keys to an office that I then didn't go into for two years, um, <laughs> you know, and the first course that I was asked to help, um, a, you know, a more senior uh, faculty member sort of refresh and then deliver in the fall was almost like designed in COVID and then delivered yeah. in, you know, sort of wholly online. Um, yeah. So that was that that was new. It was sort of a, a sort of 140 people on one Zoom call, and that's your your first class. That was absolutely interesting. 
Um, but but, but um, no, I I think I think I'm I, I like very many others. I think of of a sort of similar field of say anything from education, leadership development, yeah. coaching, etc. Are very lucky that there is a natural transition to sort of if remote or in person. It's always better in person, but remote sure. works, you know, just as well. Um, you know, sort of so. So yeah, very lucky, I think, in in, in that regard. Yeah. And you've told me as well that one of the big projects that you're trying to do to make your 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 lines of life, all of the thinking that you've been doing more accessible, is that you're trying to make uh, the work an online course. Uh, through yes. through uh, what is it Coursera I think it's called yes that's right yep yep just started on that with Yale uh, there's this there's called the Corvu Center of Teaching and Learning um, I'm nice. working with them and and the Center of Business and Environment at Yale um, on the course I think it it it's exciting because it does a play into your first question about like a, a, like an online world or a world that has to function well online or and, and yeah. at home as well as as well as in person but it also plays well to like what i'll be wrestling with for a while now and will continue to wrestle with which is like how do you make the most positive impact with the precious time one has uh, i have and and how can i help people that i've never met and 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 also note the privilege of you know sort of teaching at a place like 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 Yale and then coaching senior executives that I get to do, it's yeah. just a, it feels like it feels like a, a a sort of a privileged spot where I'm hopefully turning something into something even better. Like like the multiplication of that impact is very positive. But right. then but then how can I also invert that and 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 make the you know material tools etc available to anyone, not just those that can that know the way to access be at a senior executive position or Yale University or anything like that. So very yeah. excited on that. And it mixes with, I think, Yale's aims and CBA's aims um, to sort of, you know, to invert that too and make and make Yale far more accessible, make the content far more accessible to a world beyond those that, that sort of walk into the hall. When I've listened to the work uh, that you've, you've done talking in with your web presence talking about talking to people at saga Tuck church talking on ted about uh your other your other company time for good and the carbon war room listening to some of the 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 talks that you've given to entrepreneurship channels and and communities this is one of the recurring themes that i hear this idea of access and that that access is important and that m- as many people as is possible should have access to ideas, content, and and capacity. Can you tell me where this drive for for equity of access comes from? Mm, that's a good question. In terms of like like where does the drive come from? I think, um, I think it comes from a desire to just like, like which I think I share with many people. Just like like how much how. Can you do as much good as possible in as little in the little time we have? Like the, right. the hour to, that we strut in front across the stage, you know. So sort of how 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 can we sort of make the most of that? So some of it is this like yeah. if I'm creating anything that I know is landing because I can see sort of eyes light up or a conversation happen, and often yeah. my stuff I I also think of it as scaffolding as a like like the magic is in the builders and what they want to build. Mm. I just rock up with a relatively low tech sort of set of tubes and, and 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 know that that person can then build with safety um so yeah. so, so so the so, so i think some of it comes from my own desire to kind of get at, get sort of stuff out there and yeah. then the other bit is like i suppose through life constantly seeing um amazing people that have had little to no privilege yeah and then and then also being lucky enough to work for some bosses with lots of privilege that are still very human and are also yeah. thinking about that sort of access. Um, and then, and I think I suppose couple that with, you know, sort of, I think there's, a, there's an overarching realization in, in the world that, you know, sort of the, the things that are stopping the underprivileged are systemic. They're, they're sort of, so it's no one person's fault, but there's systems in place that are preventing those things. Um, mm-hmm. So 
we, so moving on, there's a beautiful video from Bell Hooks about sort of the systems underneath bias against minorities, but certainly, and, and I think she's so good at sort of talking about the intersections of different minorities as well. And I just think that there's these systems that we we could either be crippled by or we could say this is a system to change. And and so I think the more that we can increase access to tools um, that you know sort of those quotes and privilege have, yeah, that, that, then we're all you know the bolts are going to rise with the tide. Um, so right, you know, there's a, there's there's a mixture of thoughts in there that I'm very happy for you to help me unpack. Sure, um, we'll just pick a couple to get started. Um, let's. Well, well, one, um, you mentioned you've had the, the privilege of working with a couple of privileged bosses. Um, and I, I imagine you're thinking about McKinsey, you're thinking about Virgin. Um, I mean, and, and certainly in Yale, like working in the in the sort of ecosystem that is generations of education and power. Um, and, and I know you have a lot to think about power as well. I wonder if you can tell me what those experiences add to these questions of access. Um, there has to be a better, better way to phrase that question and I'll find it. Mm. Um, how- I'll, I'll go with it. I, 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 know I, I like it because, um, so, so, so let's take the bosses piece first, like the sort of the inspirational bosses. It's like, there's kind of two that pop to mind, but many that you know, we could sort of put in there, but you know, sort of, so Richard Branson worked with him 10 jobs in 12 years, you know, wow. coaching group on the commercial side. Um, and the latest one there was, uh, you know, I helped start the, the cell phone company in South Africa. I was sort of second, second, but sort of almost like post-launch CEO down there for, for the, for the mobile company. Right. And then hopped across to help on the nonprofit side, um, setting up a thing called the carbon war room, helping, helping in the launch team for that. Yeah. Um, focused on sort of entrepreneurial solutions to climate change back in right. 2009 when Copenhagen, you know, sort of there was a hope. Uh, that was then dashed on the rocks. Like, was there a deal or not at the government level, etc.? And so, so the the bit from Richard Branson, which will always sort of um, stick with me, is the sort of the the, the the you know that sort of phrase about sort of with great power comes great responsibility. Was that might be even Spider Man? Richard Branson always struck me as that as having that. So mm. always having fun, always sort of you know sort of leading with sort of values at the center and 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 you yeah. know, sort of. Um, but, but there's also a keen sense of, I have the access and I have the power. So what can I do for do this? You know, what can I do with this? That's good. Um, so chatting about something and it, and it goes like, almost like without, uh, it, there was, wasn't a hint of name dropping. It goes, geez, you know, I should chat to Nelson Mandela about that in the morning. And it wasn't, <laughs> and, 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 it, and it wasn't. It, like whatever we were talking about, yeah. it, it wasn't a name drop. It was a, geez, I'm going to put on my to-do list and out yeah. comes a pen and out comes this notepad. And this is like, presumably like call that Nelson. phone call actually yeah, happened. Exactly. Probably. And then, and then call yeah. Nelson, you know, is, is the to-do and, and it happened the next day. And, yeah. and, 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 and that's always struck with me is this like when you, it's also like when you have access and you have a, a power in a positive sense, um, you know, sort of, you know, do you exercise it for good? There's a professor here in, in, in Yale uh, School of the Environment, Professor Torres, who guest lectures on, on a course that I teach, and, and, and has a wonderful way of talking about power on its own is not, is sort of, you know, sort of quotes evil or good. That's it's, right. It's, 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 and it, but power over is seldom good. But yeah. power with is, is, is an incredibly positive thought to think about. Like, like, and power to change, uh, yeah. whatever the change is that you want to make again, assuming positive, uh, intent. So, so, so this idea like that, like that power on its own, isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's, it's just, it's, it's almost like take the responsibility and take the sort of almost inclusivity notions that could surround power and the power of a movement. Um, um, and I think that's what excites me about, um, the tools that I teach, the tools, the tools that, and coaching, and the tool, you know, tools that many people yeah. sort of get to get into more hands. It's like, like, well, that's just a growing movement. The other person that I, you you made me think about is um, also in the in, in terms of inspirational bosses because he's from a different realm, which might also gel with others in your audience. Is like when Carbon War Room launched and got going. Actually, two inspirational bosses. One ideas guy, uh, very creative, um, Jigger Shah, now heading up the loan program office in the U.S. on the Department of Energy. Wow, just like twenty ideas a day, 
and knew that, you know, 15 of them would never happen. And five of them he was pretty happy with, and two of them are probably absolutely generally brilliant. And then yeah. you know, a job like me working for him was to almost sift the 15 from the three from the two. Um, um, and, and then he'd move on like a classic starter. And that yeah. sort of stayed with me that you've got different roles in a team and to know what you are, like to know if you're a creative boss or to know if you're a COO type boss or to know right. exactly or, or who you're following as well, what type of boss, you know, so what type of person you're following as well as how you're leading. And then the third one, in that lucky stream, I think, was the former president of Costa Rica, Jose Maria Figueres, um, who, who took over as president of the Carbon War and when I was working for, for, for them. And I just Beautiful. think he, he's got a, a politician's way in, 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 or had a politician's way in the positive sense. Like, you know, sort of that, you know, sort of he would remember, he would remember the name of the, the night, night watchman at the hotel. And just ask yeah. how you know John was doing the next morning because he noted that he was still up from the time we went in before. Just wow. that idea of genuine care and attention, you know, so it's, it was an authentic sort of, uh, and you know, in a way that you kind of kept slapping your head, going, "Ah, oh, I wish I'd been as nice to the German as he just was." You know, like, 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 and 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 I just think that sort of leadership, that type of leadership, and the sort of careful to sort of classic cliche again, sort of pepper you with quotes this afternoon. The sort of you know, seek first to understand, then be understood is, is, yeah. is a lovely cliche I try and live by. But he, he sort of, I suppose, was one of my teachers of like how to, how to actually do that, you know, like, like being one of the last to speak. Um, and, yeah. you know, sort of having fully understood the room and read the room. So that's a, a lucky run of three that I can think of uh, in that one sort of, sort of stretch. And hopefully that helps you. And uh, it also sort of unpacks <laughs> the word access to. Certainly as someone who has been coached by you has had the privilege of getting some thoughts around how to make change how to how to organize like the machine in terms of starting a business um and, and you have have your systems with thinking about your your system of the four p's um thinking about like the big rocks versus the sand and the pebbles and i certainly have had personal experience of your desire to create access one of the things that i think is a big part of that in that you just listed listed three luminaries in in the world of of sustainability. Um, is that you have this Im immense capacity to integrate a lot of seemingly disparate ideas, experiences, and then to to frame them, to package them in a way that is digestible to someone like myself, who at least when I started learning from you was entirely new to probably about 90% of that. Um, I'm wondering um, where this skill of integration um, that I, that, or, or at least the language that I'm using, mm. integration or, or perhaps synthesis, um, I'm wondering where that comes from. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, it's good. There's so many, there's sort of, it's a kind of layered question in there, or there's multiple avenues to go down there. But the idea yeah. of like being fascinated by access, I like is a good keyword to pick up. Then I suppose there's two other words that then might lead, lead us to where you're saying like, like, like how, how have I kind of gone down this path so far? I mean, what is like fascinated by leadership when it, when it's, a, it, it's a positive word. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so like, like what makes leaders great and what makes me good? when I'm in a leadership position and I, you know, like, I, I know, you know, sort of positive good has come. And so I'd say access leadership and in connection, and that's probably be the word that I would, if I had a one word answer to your question, is like, mm -hmm. I've been fascinated for a long time about the word, like the, the, the concepts of connection. Mm -hmm. um, and you've, you touched on in a part of your question there about how I love to teach and coach on the idea of connected leadership. The idea of someone being able to connect, uh, you mentioned the four P's, their purpose with, you know, like why they're here, you know, like with their priorities, what's important to them and what's their best use of time with their potential, set the goal, be vivid on a future, you know, a version of the future that they want to help create. And then an eye on progress and how are they getting there? Yeah. Um, and so... I sort of see those as being connect, like the fascination of almost like a connected self, but then how can that self, when it is a bit more purpose-driven and, and a bit more, as you say, have a framework to hang things on, which I'm, I think many of the people I help, the brilliance is, all of them really, the brilliance is inside them 
it's 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 just you know like maybe they've lacked a framework yeah, sort of to, to you know sort of sort of to, to hang things on or scaffolding to build from um um and then the idea of like with that connected leader can they connect with others can they connect yeah. with the community can they build a movement and then can they connect to the system that they're trying to change and the, the system they try and check they, they can try and care about so yeah. so i think the fascination of those three concepts i suppose um access leadership and connection and then the piece that says like well what has made me sort of fascinated about it hopefully a bit good at it but certainly enthusiastic to spend my life at it is i suppose it's the, the curiosity of like we're we're here on the planet for such a short time where there's yeah. such variety there's billions of us and 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 so i have fomo if i'm down in a in a silo for too long i i, I get excited <laughs> I, like i i get excited like which other silos am i missing if i kind of yeah. feel like i'm kind of down down deep in something and i really respect those people that you know so sort of have got the phd from the undergrad from the you know, and their dad worked there and and they're gonna sort of get the nobel prize in that thing i mean awesome yeah. but that's almost like the opposite of me where i'm going like that's interesting how can i connect that with somebody else how can i that you know is there a world over here that hasn't heard about that yet and and so that curiosity and and, and as i say i suppose a fear of missing out of the other things yeah um has, has, has drives me to try and make those connections and then there's just something inside me which just goes all right that's i love complexity and then going but let's put a structure on that that somebody else could understand that um that's just something that has always been uh yeah fascinating to me you just get the itch to move if you're sitting in one place too long uh i don't think i have an itch to sort of if i'm staying in a place too long because i can actually you know sort of be in a i feel like i can be in a place for quite a while you know like 12 years in the virgin group right um right you know sort of you know what, five plus years working um, on the Carbon War Room with the same very small, you know, sort of group of people. Yale, I hope to sort of, you know, sort of, you know, but been here for a while, seven years, yeah. hope to be here for a lot longer. So yeah. I, it's not so much being, it, it, I think it's the piece on, uh, in almost like in a knowledge way, am I, am I, am I kind of, you know, sort of going down deep and not coming back out? Right. Um, rather than in a, like I've been in a physical locale or working on something. So I've been working on my frameworks, my tools yeah. for years, and I get excited every day. I take it into a new set of people yes, or, or, or a position or even back to an old set of people would be like, and, but it's just like they haven't revisited it in a year and they're getting me back to refresh. Yeah. That's always exciting to me. I'll rephrase. Um, getting getting so deep into like into one silo that you miss out on seeing other other cool silos that are being built right next door yeah and other yeah and other connections or other new pieces yeah. of work um you know sort of yeah there, there, there's there's a book uh called range written by david epstein um how generalists triumph in a specialized world and i yeah. and, and, and and i sort of think you know as i read as it's like this, you know this guy's sort of writing my little toolkit slash biography here <laughs> um and 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 and, and it, i also sort of give it a, a, you know, so give it as a recommendation to others who feel guilty that their career has dotted around or or yeah. like in some way feel like they should have been a vet all their life or whatever it is it's like yeah. it's like no no you, you sound like one of these people instead that actually that might be your that might be your calling in life is to make those connections that might be your calling to thrive by moving between different worlds um and and seeing you know sort of seeing the connections yeah seeing the connections or i i mean that totally wouldn't apply to a person who trained in seminary to be a pastor and is now releasing a podcast um <laughs> you've raised another thing um that that i've just loved about our exchanges is that you have this voracious capacity for reading and you on almost any topic that we've discussed have had some recommendation of a book to further stimulate thinking, um, have asked me for, for um, titles, uh, podcasts as well. Um, where, where does the voracious desire for learning in the specific frame of, of the written word come from? Hmm. The, the desire for the written word? Um... I don't know. I think, I think like many, maybe back in childhood, if you've kind of been, ex I, I've, I've heard of people being inspired by books because they didn't have them at home and then people sure. inspired because they were at home. I did. I think I was a middle ground, like, like the house had books, like plenty of them. Yeah. I liked them. Um, 
but you know, like libraries, I think when you first walk into a library as a kid, mm-hmm. I think that's always great. Then the big bookshops of old, like I think you know, my hometown in Edinburgh, Scotland, there's some vast, you know, fascinating sort of bookstores and, um, and then university libraries. So I think there is something awe-inspiring about like how much has been written and thought about before you. Yeah. Um, um, but it's, it's not, it's not necessarily a voracious to read and sit down. So for instance, relatively recently, you know, sort of, I'm, I'm kind of almost like media agnostic. It's like, I've got a 45 commute minute commute now. So I'll, I'll happily handle the audible version. Yeah. Sort of, it, it, it doesn't have to be the book. Um, um, but, but I think it's, I think it maybe comes back to one of our earlier sort of thoughts here is that there's 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 so much wisdom that has come before us but then the pressing the pressing challenges that we are not getting right and we're actually you know going the wrong way one would might argue on 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 quite a few things um that are of existential importance that take as we talked about you know kind of climate change the environment you know sort of how do we address that is it that you know, sort of, I feel like there's, there's, there's a job for this current generation that we kind of all sit in, which is to you know, sort of get in and, and, and sort of take in the wisdom of those that have gone before us yeah. and then apply it to the current set of challenges and, and in this kind of, these sort of crucial, you know, sort of decades, you know, sort of, can we work out, there's a fantastic, one of my big circles of what I work in is I call it the great work. Is this like, right. it's like a, a book by Thomas Berry that, that is, is just like, you know, what is humanity's big challenge? It, it has been say, I think he says something like getting out of the stone age, the Renaissance, like there, there's been an obvious sort of task of, of humanity at a certain point. And as he said, as we turn into this century fully, and, and, and hopefully get to a net zero sustainable future by mid century, or if not before, like a, a sort of a, um, but this, these kind of few decades, it's like the great work is to work out how to be a benign force on ourselves as a species and a benign force on the planet um, um, and all beings in it. And, and, and we've got that, 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 that task to do. So we've both got to almost like be respectful of all the things we've been doing before and then go pressing challenge not another one I'm thinking of now is yeah. just like the meaning of the 21st century. The John was talking about uh, James Martin was talking about like we are crashing towards mid-century in this raft that is too too big in the rapids with rocks on either side by mid-century yes. with all these mega trends going on that is making this an incredibly rocky ride and an incredibly big raft for a small gap. Yes. But but if we right size and we get the line right, like you know, sort of the back half of the century could be good. Um, and and so that's our task. Um, and and yeah. I think. Um, so I don't know if that gives you some of it, but just like the, that, that idea of like, I suppose it's almost like respect slash awe of all that's gone before us. And then almost like equal sort of awe slash, geez, we've got to get this done in a very short space of time in terms of what is before us. Well, let's dig into that a little bit. Um, because you've, you've talked about Thomas Berry and the great work, um, in multiple occasions. Um, you hipped me to it. I struggle to read um, for more than like 15 minutes at a time because I, I just get antsy. Um, but I've actually sat and, re- and read, this, read this book um, for, for, for hours in, in, a, in a sitting. I don't know that necessarily the idea is, is new that, that, the re- that, the, that humanity's relationship to the world that it lives in, to the people mm. uh, that comprise it and and in as individuals to ourselves that that something is something is wrong something is not in balance and mm. and, and healthiness need healthiness requires um a, to use a religious term requires amendment of life um but um i i think that the way that he's framed it is is timely so tell tell me more about each of those the the benign the the benignity to self the benign the benignity mm-hmm. to each other and the benignity to the planet. 
Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, sort of just before we get sort of people turning, people sort of, sort of going off, I, I like I, I, that, that thought of like reading for 15 minutes at a time, I think I think that's actually probably, was it longer than the average, you know, like, like for, for humanity these days, you know, sort of as we yeah. depart from the written word a lot. And also I would think, I, I'll promise myself, like, like actually, there would be a good fifteen-minute essay, I think, or a blog post on that book because it's 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 a it's a tough it's a tough one uh, with a relatively simple and beautiful idea in it. And I yeah. and actually, I, one of my biggest yeah. things is I take. I mean, I love the title. I love the great work. I, I, yes. I love that idea of there's a big job to do, and and yes. we should we should kind of lean lean into that 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 challenge. Um. So so the 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 idea of almost like self to species to, 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 to sort of entire planet. I, I, I think one of the things that we, we are searching, we've all been searching for, for, you know, thousands of years is this idea of meaning and, 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 and purpose. And yes. all, all of us yes. are sort of looking for that and, and whatever I can do with mine tools and then read others that have sort of gone before. I, I, I think, I think that idea that everyone Everyone hopefully should be able to see their great work is is one of is one of my, my, sort of my visions in life. Like like like, like yeah. that's what I I want to sort of play into yeah. um, and help people do that. The 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 your more environmentally sort of focused question on sort of like like well, what's the challenge facing the planet? You know sort of I mean there is a there is a good concept because it's both technical and hopefully graspable by us all. Is this idea of net zero? The idea that. Um, and I like it, that there's a lot of sort of, you know, arguments out there about liking the term or not liking the term. I'm, I'm a fan of it because at, at, its, at its crucial concept in the Paris Agreement, you know, where the nations got together in 2015 and agreed to, you know, do something properly about this. Right. There, right. There's a definition in there, which is really rather good and, and understandable for us all, which just says, let's, you know, sort of have the emissions slash pollution, whatever you want to call it, but, the, you know, at, at human caused emissions fall to a level that the nat the world's natural ability can absorb those you know the, 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 so, so so it's not saying they have to fall to zero zero absolute zero but they have to fall to a level where the world can absorb that that remaining emissions um and that works quite well at a planetary level um I, I, and, and as almost like a, a, an instinct to human level i i often use the the uh, um example of a campsite it's just like like we intuitively have this thing as, as sort of walkers in the wild of of like well we've got to leave the campsite at least as good as we found it if not better so you know like yeah. we go into the wild and, and say like like clean up your trash you know sort of pack up your tent yes the the grass is trampled but it will come back and everything else looks fine and the water is just as good as it was when you were there like right. you've done and then and then if you're the second camper there and somebody else has left trash you probably pick it up too like like most good campers uh and 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 that idea is like that's really what we're talking about in net zero we want to get to a world where the where like the next generation inherits our campsite and sees it just as good as we saw it when we first got there. Hmm. Um, and, 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 and that idea I think is very powerful as a world, as a planetary net zero, but then hmm. can we be a net zero city? Can we be a net zero company? Can hmm. we be a net zero individual or family? So, so I think there's a power in the concept. And, and then there's also the sort of the science behind is like, can we, like, if you look at the, uh, intergovernmental panel on climate change, you know, the, the, the hundreds of scientists that support those negotiations with with, with, with great work, is is saying like, no, we have to get past that area of, of equilibrium, you know, and actually through the other side by by mid century or before, yeah. um, and 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 so that's I think the the, the the challenge, but I think it's also the there's there is a hope in there that um, I think we sort of misquoting Obama and saying like like that we're almost like the first generation to really know what is in front of us and what we need to do and the last generation to be able to do something about it in time. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and I think that that's the, the sort of the crux of that piece, which I think is, as I say, summed up so nicely in just saying it's the great work. It's like, that's, mm. what, that, that's what humans have to do in these next couple of decades. There's, there, there's, you, you're reminding me of a piece that you've discussed um, as well, one, there's the thing that you're a person who has two TED Talks out there in the world. Um, we'll set aside that part for later. But in one of them, in which you're talking about the work of the Carbon War Room, you talk about how part of the work is motivating these larger, these larger organizations to, to be willing to participate in this great work. 
because there is a lack of motivation, at least in terms of in in, in those spaces, and and that a lot of the a lot a lot of the motivation is being passed to individuals who have who whose impact is still important but has less capacity to make the level of impact that is necessary to do the work that is that is needed. You talk about using profit as as a capacity to to position the importance of the great work to say that we can we can all do this great work and profit at the same time. How do we keep finding keep trying to to find motivations because we know that we know that shaming doesn't work. How do we how do we keep up the hope of that? Mm. You got you again. Fantastic multi layer question here. Where do we start? The first piece, just for anyone listening that might be saying, you know, sort of profit isn't the answer. Um, I think in the title you're referring to, uh, uh, like an old one, I'm looking at the like how yeah. we look to the shipping industry and how we look to island nations, like yeah. and, and, and them as two case studies. To say, like, yeah. how can you make this journey to a sustainable future? I think that, um, and I still do, you like, like for a lot of this, it's like the, the private sector is a crucial component in the change. And, and so to go to the shipping industry, for instance, and say, you can save fuel and that saves the planet. And here's the sort of 10 technologies you're missing, or here's yeah. the, the piece you're missing, I think is vital. And, 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 and the, and, 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 and I think that's still the case now. There's this sort of, the, the economic case for doing the right thing is 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 still a very strong case for us to have to make. Um, yeah. And 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 if I was to sort of almost like mentally for the list for listeners and visually for for those that can see me is like I think there's like a crossover curve on climate where this gives you the, your answer to your question by like where can we find hope, and then also just gives us part of that answer because as I say I want to sort of reserve. A point for like the non-economic piece that's also equally yeah. essential but but on the economic side i just think that there's like there's the cost of clean which is this kind of smooth curve top left to bottom right over time which is the cost of clean technology in general albeit you know sort of covid supply chain issues etc but just that idea of it is it is getting easier better more ubiquitous better quality you know, cost of LED bulb, light bulbs, solar, PV, wind, etc. Yeah. Just writing down our technology cost curve. Right. Meanwhile, meanwhile, cost of dirty um, is is basically uh, like, as in fossil fuels, digging them out of the ground and burning them in either an engine or a power station, is like a squiggly upward curve. Yeah. So you've got you've got the cost of clean being smooth and downward across multiple technologies, multiple timeframes, etc., and then cost of dirty being squiggly and upward. So, so if you think of almost like the whole economy in most sectors and geographies moving from left to right, we're, we're moving from a place to the left of the crossover where the cost of dirty is cheaper than the cost of clean. So mm. there's a bit of an argument on. And so there's some hangers on and some compliance only companies, et cetera, they go, I'm just going to hang back from all this change while yeah. the cost of dirty is actually cheaper than the cost of clean. Yeah. But then as you get into near the towards the crossover where it's like, oh, cost of clean and cost of dirty are getting very similar, um, then um, then that's interesting because then lots of people start to move. I'm going to come back to that. And then on the other side, there's no argument because cost, cost of clean, cheaper than the cost of dirty. Why do dirty when it's fundamentally cheaper to do clean? Um, and and, and the, but the interesting piece is like take electric vehicles as being a classic thing, which is not quite at the crossover, but getting close and going to the other side. Yeah. Is that every all parts of the economy are starting to behave like they know what's going over, and that's because batteries have come down seventy five percent in cost, and they're forecast to go down another seventy percent in the next X years. So, so the idea is that we're behaving like the crossover is about to happen. So, charging infrastructure, Inflation Reduction Act, very topical one for for now. But, um, but you know, sort of charging, and and then how many uh, Super Bowl ads had electric cars yes. as part of the even if it was. 0.1% of the, the you know the, that 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 manufacturer's total fleet like it was it was electric vehicles every ad so yes. so the behavior of all the actors starts to change as it gets obvious we're about to move so my, my hope for the non economic audience that you know like we're, that we're you know sort of part of this conversation is like think of the world going from left to right going from a place of cost of dirty nearly always cheaper than the cost of clean going across to a place where Clean is going to be cheaper and better, and, and it's going to be hard, increasingly harder to be close dirty. 
And then this disruptive change that happens as we approach the crossover, that is happening. So I'll give that sort of hope across multiple sectors. The, the key piece for us all to be sort of almost, to use Christiana Figueres' words, stubbornly optimistic, not just pure optimistic, like as in have a wide, like a wide lens, clear view of the reality is like lots of stuff in the economy are stuck on the left and are not moving yeah. fast enough over to the right. And so yeah. what, what we were doing in Carbon War with that TED Talk and other things is like saying, how can you nudge things across from the left to the right and, and speed up the change so that then the system changes? Right. So that's a, so if, it was like, if that's the economic sort of case for hope and also the case for nudging, like, like the case for nudging corporate citizens that are you know, like, like, you know, sort of could be doing more and aren't. It's like that's all the great stuff that, you know, sort of the, the whole movement of what started as we mean business, science-based targets, uh, the thing I'm part of at the moment, the UN race to zero campaign, right. you know, like, like galvanizing people to race to, towards zero is, is it's almost like, you know, like uh, accelerating that shove. But I think the other piece that you correctly aligned to is like, like where's the, any other type of hope? Where's the moral hope? Where's the community hope? And I just think, yeah. like, like take a singular force of change like Greta Thunberg. It's just like it's just like this like you know can, you know civil society like the the, the strength of it wasn't Mayor Margaret Mead's quote you know sort of about the change you know change is something you know, sort of yeah. in the hands of only precious few people. Like like that sort of almost like Swedish teenager is is such a, a perfect example of the all is necessary, none are sufficient to get this change done. She ne- she not only needed to stand up when she did, she also needed to save outside the Glasgow climate talks. Even yes. while people like me and others are working in different rooms trying to get things done, and like almost like the demonstrators are saying too slow, and like it's all up for naught. It's like yeah, but we if there wasn't the demonstrators in the Glasgow High Street on Saturday, then the pressure might not be on the right people at the right time. So I'm basically saying that like all of these sectors and all of these cases for a just transition to sustainable future are required and none of them are sufficient on their own to get this done. We all have work to do. Yes, and we all have, and that's the bit, I suppose, coming to some of the other stuff I, like, I do in life, I suppose, and get excited about is like, is like, and and how many of us can find what that little special something is, that role, yeah. that, yes. kind of purpose, that, that kind of purpose-driven, connected leadership is the sort of the, it's a, it's a frame that four p's that i use but like even if people don't use any of my stuff i'm just saying like, like how can people dive in and get to you know sort of this is where i'm gonna play my little part on this yeah and, it, and, and, and that we shouldn't be both either overestimating our importance nor underestimating our importance in that you know yeah. and that's and that's a tricky thing with sort of seven billion of us to kind of both both not be completely despondent like i can't make a difference and then also ever thinking that you're more important than anybody else. And that's a tricky, I think, balance for this purpose-driven life. I think that's just, that's that's another way of articulating one of the things that you were saying to me uh, in, in our previous conversations is that one of the things that's just so critical is to just be present. Be present to the people who are, are there with you, to be present to yourself and what, what how you're experiencing your your, your reality and to be present to the world that you live in of what's around you. Yeah. And, 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 and that idea of like, yeah, one of my sort of priorities, uh, we can go back to this thing that, that, that rocks if you like, but there's a, what about sure. works in life was just like, is that idea of like trying to be fully present for people like my family and, 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 and also people in the room. But yeah, but that idea, um, I often have a, a a kind of icebreaker question for those that don't know each other. So, so like, you know, name, hometowns, because some people have, normally have some good, like you have to put plural in there. There's some, you know, some multiple home directions, right. etc. Right. Um, and then, and then the question is this thing, like, you know, what, what uh, could an ideal day include? Um, you know, like, like a couple of things an ideal day include. And, and, and what's nice about that is it normally gets out the outdoorsy folks, the social drinkers, the family time, the quality, you know, it, like there's some nice stuff that always comes out, even if people look like they've known each other for years or they don't each other at all, like it's a nice mm-hmm. one round table. But one of the things I always answer that with is like, is like an ideal day all for me includes like, like a life course altering interaction of some sort. Mm. And I just think, mm. uh, uh, you know, and it could be over an IPA. 
or it could be in a workshop or it could be in yeah. a podcast or it could be somewhere else. But this idea, like, like, like there are so many of these interactions where somebody's life course could be mine. Uh, like, often is if I'm learning something, you know, sort of, but it could be that person's, if it's a coaching moment and that, co that coachee does something different is that that is like the, the potential, there's a potential in that every day, multiple times a day. And you, and there's some, you can plan in like, I've got to sort of, you know, take some time for this podcast. And then the yeah. ago, it, it was a passerby in the street and we had a magical interaction. And like, I learned something because that person said this, um, I was, I was walking up Manhattan chatting to somebody on the phone and then I stopped and, and this guy who's like, looked like almost like, you know, transitional home homeless or, mm -hmm. or, or like not sure where his next bed was coming from as in like, like, what would you call it? Home insecure. And just turned yeah. to me and goes, you know, whatever you just said, you got to write that book. you like, and, and he was just like, boom, like, like he hit me with the sort of the thing that like I should be doing. And he's just like, mm -hmm. a teaching moment. Like, 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 like he, he taught me my day's lesson, you know, sort of. And, and so the life changing interaction happened completely unplanned on a street corner between say, you know, on 23rd. Yeah. But so, 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 so it's almost like there, there are sort of, there, there are those kind of planned inter chances of, changing another person's life but in turn you get changed and then and then and mm -hmm. uh, and then there's also unplanned ones that you've got to uh, or not you've got to be like where it's great to be ready for yeah does it what feels like the the healthy balance of like of being ready being ready for the ones that could happen and while yeah. also being ready for the ones that you know are going to happen like yeah yeah it, it, it's well there's there's in my one of my courses on like time or and workshops like on time management and time yeah. maximization there's yeah. there's i cover this there's two words in greek for time um uh, and apologies to any sort of modern greeks in the audience if i get this wrong is is, is a chronos being yeah. like that sense of time in the kind of classic time management sense of the word yeah. like, like, like 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 get your calendar stacked and you know sort of and plan it out and then Kairos, K-A-I-R-O-S, that almost like that moments that take your breath away. Mm. Um, and 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 I love the idea and trying to you know sort of myself and you know talk to others about how they do it, is like is 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 holding those two definitions like as you walk through the big time, like the English yeah. time, you know, sort of one-dimensional yeah. time. And say, so like, all right. I've got to plan my day. I got to plan my week. I got to be conscious of my priorities. Um, the, the the analogy that you mentioned briefly in a question earlier is just like like I love Stephen Covey's Jar of Life uh, that he popularized yeah. back in the fifties and sixties. Yeah. Like you know, rocks in the jar first. Then you have room for pebbles. Then you have room for sand. Everything's fitted in your jar. Sand first, then pebbles. You can only fit a rock in. Like you know, so you you want to know what your rocks in life are, and you want to get them in your jar first. So. To me, that's almost like an exercise in that corner style of time maximization. It's like, mm. know what's really important to me and make sure that I've got sort of blocks of time slash, you know, sort of mm. the right, sort of my calendar looking right. And then the, your, your question about balance is an interesting one because like the Kairos one is just like, this conversation has to go long. Like, like, like say I'm in a room before this one or yeah. this goes long. You know, it's just like, and I got to blow off the other thing or, or, you know, sort of, or, you know, sort of, I've got to stay up late tonight to write the thing that I was hoping to do in half an hour, because this is going to, like, that's the Kairos piece. Like that's yeah. the, and, and, and sometimes it, it can be as fun as like bumping to an old friend and go, let's go for a drink now. And then, yeah. you know, too many drinks later, you go, whoops, that was an evening that like I didn't <laughs> expect to have, you know, like, but, like that's yeah. the, I mean, that's a thing that I think, um, uh, we've, uh, we, we should be, uh, sort of, conscious of the, 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 there was a, actually this is the second conversation in the next two weeks which feels like a it, it, it's nudging me into a blog of some sort like I, I should write something or do something with this yeah is, is 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 the idea that we are not i don't think the chronos kairos is in competition he says like i'm in for the almost like the seize the moment spontaneous life mm -hmm. i'm in for the planned life is it's like almost like i think your question has in it is the answer that I think hopefully a lot of people seek, which is like, I, I need, I, I, I should seek a balance there. I, yeah. like, I don't think they're necessarily in conflict. That's a fun little pivot point. Um, I, I would really love if you're, if you're all right with it, I'd love to do a little bit of a, a Scotland speed round. 
Yeah, go for it. Yeah, whatever um, that means. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, I, I've got a couple of questions that I've prepared that, that have always been curiosities of mine. Um, if you had to choose between the two, um, uh, Glasgow Rangers or Celtic? I mean, don't really, like, I would shrug my shoulders and say, don't really care because I'm from Edinburgh. That right. would be my right. speed round. That would right. be my speed round one. Respect. Um, thinking a little bit more in another part of uh, the island, um, David Tennant's uh, run in um, in the the Doctor in Doctor Who versus um, his work in so many other things, um, um, but but one of them in particular being Broadchurch. Um, do you have a preference between the two? Oh gosh, um, no, because um, I'm a terrible. TV slash popular culture watcher and have seen neither. I do like him though. Respect. Um, there was there was an incredible um, viral moment where um, Representative Alexandria Ocasio Cortez visited um, Scotland and was was filmed talking about Iron Brew. Um, um, is it is an is it an unknown gem or is it an overhyped soda? Whoa. Globally an unknown gem it, it's but in scotland it's neither of what you said it's like it's the biggest soft drink you know like it's yeah. i think it's one of the only countries in in the world where coca-cola is not number one or something like that and i used to get dye iron brew because real iron full fat iron brew is ridiculously yeah. unhealthy and high in sugar but i got <laughs> dye iron brew shipped with me in my it, like it, in my dad's car we put a few cases in the trunk to, it's to go to uh, you know college down south in England to, to last yeah. me for the term. So so that would be sort of un, I'd go to unknown gem if I had the, to to pick the ERB. Respect. Um, uh, better better of the two prime ministers, um, Nicholas Sturgeon or um, Alex Salmon. Uh, pleasure to meet Nicholas Sturgeon in in Glasgow for COP twenty six. Definitely see her. Also just. Everything I've heard, and I'm a, I'm an outsider as well. I'm a non-resident, and, and sure, but, sure. But, but always impressed by what she does. And she's also my my cousin Pippa's uh, home MP as well. So like like right. she, she she door knocked on 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 my cousin's house and you wow. know, sort of wanted her vote. And 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 I and I chatted to her. I was wearing a kilt for Glasgow COP twenty twenty seven. Uh, to, to you know, I thought you know, you, yeah. it's my one chance if I'm emceeing a conference is to, to to do it in my my, my old my, my and boy tartan by the way, and and, and she didn't she had she didn't recognize the tartan, so she said, "What's the tartan?" And I was like, "Yes, mm-hmm. we've really bonded now." So yeah, so so that's a Nicola. That, that that's a, I'm not very good at the speed round, am I? But um, uh, uh, there you go, Nicola. No, that's that's amazing. Um, final one, um, Edinburgh Fringe, um, inspiring or a nuisance. Oh, good, good question. Uh, it's it, inspiring and fun throughout my sort of, you know, yeah. formative years, 18 to mid twenties. Like I, I used to work in a pub near Edinburgh Castle. Um, afterwards, like there'd be shows on till the early hours. Um, awesome. Just for the unknown people that don't know, sort of, you know, half a million people in Edinburgh. And I think half a million people come for the fridge. Like it just like, it just like yeah. balloons in size as a city. And then, to your point about your option B, I've seen one of my favorite T-shirts is like a um, is it is a sort of f off I live here uh, <laughs> sort of sort of, sort of uh, one which is uh, sort of that, that was going around the locals so 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 yeah yeah but I I, I I loved it growing up. I just remembered that we that we didn't cover um, but mm-hmm. that I, I wanted to leave space for yeah go for it is um tell me about the love of running and the and the process of of like recovering from the knee surgery. Are yeah, you excited um, to get back? Yeah, I am excited to get back. I'm excited and nervous. Uh because like 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 I, I think it's all quite up here mentally. So yeah. after a big long gap of 10 years, uh did my last most recent marathon in October. That was my 20th. But but wow. the, the the but some of those 20 are what they call ultras. Um that is uh-huh. anything over a distance. Um yes. and and the good thing about you being on here now is, is I can sort of put it on an, a sort of an unofficial record. Is that I like the, the, my proudest one or hardest one is called the Marathon de Sable, and it's six marathons in six days across the Sahara. And wow, that was that was great. Uh, and like I said, it was a great experience because you get to the shape of your life 
Yes. And then, you know, put, pick a number, 70% plus of it is mental. You know, sort of, so, so it's almost like, you know, the physical gets to the sort of the peak and, but then that's not the thing. And yeah. I think that was fascinating for me, that process of, of, of sort of getting into that kind of shape and then, and then realizing that that wasn't the thing and what well, it wasn't just the thing I needed, the sort of all are necessary, none are sufficient to return to that beam. That, sure. <laughs> that, 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 like you needed the admin of, have you spent enough time taking care of your feet so that they don't get a blister yeah. when you're out there? Um, have you locked in your shoes so that they don't get sand in them? Um, have you put enough, you know, sort of sun oil on to sort of so it soaks in like deep enough, et cetera. Like there's pieces yes. of admin that you just so need, like you need a shoe size, one, one to one and a half sizes bigger than your normal shoe size. Um, you know, things like that. And then there's the physical get, get in the shape of your life. And then there's the mental, like I'm going through over on my ankle four times in the last bit on this piece of sand. This is, you know, sense of humor failure here. What am I going to do about it? Like, like th that's the key. That's interesting. So, so, so that's, I, I suppose my love of the running piece is, and I put this on a couple of my intro slides on some of my workshops and lectures, like, like I hop around the sectors and I think I've, I, I, that that sort of jack of all trades, master of none theme that we've talked about. Yeah. Um, like I put in the ultra running as a, as a, almost like a fifth sector because, because I think I've learned as much about leadership and a purpose driven life and connecting purpose to priorities, to potential, yeah. to progress. Like the, like how do those four, um, sort of you know, like knit together. And I, and I use it in, in, in all those workshops is like the idea of the four P's being the fibers of a rope and you're, you're as strong as the weakest of those fibers um, that, 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 you know, sort of that I think that ultra running does that too. Like, like it, it, yeah. it sort of, it brings that to, to me. And then it also the, you know, read born to run Malcolm McDougall and things like that. And it's just like, you just think like you're tapping into a humanity that's way older than our current one. Yeah. When you're on a long run and you're not, and you're not going fast, but you're going long. It's just like, this is what we did for, for like, for thousands of years before we could drive to Trader Joe's and get the food. This is like, you had to outrun, we had to outrun the antelope or whatever it was. And we didn't outrun it by running faster. This was the Malcolm McDougall story. We, we outran it because we ran nine, 10 minute miles for 30 miles. Yeah. And, and, and then the antelope sprinted and sprinted and sprinted and got exhausted and fell over. It's just like, so, so that idea when you're on an ultramarathon, I think it's like you're tapping into that sort of ancientness, which is like, this is what our bodies were designed to do. Beautiful. You, you, you answered my follow-up question, so I don't even need to ask it. Um, <laughs> the final line of thinking that I, I want to talk about um, as we're um, getting, getting close to the end of our time is, comes around this question of impact. Um, I wonder, can you tell me what, what, what would you like the world to look like when you're done with? Hmm. I mean, I, th that's where, as I say, I think it's like easy concept, difficult book with just that idea of like, like that we are sort of more, um, united to benign sort of, sort of yeah. relationship with ourselves, um, and with the planet. It, it feels like it's just like um, we're both, especially in this country. In this country, if we sort of say, sort of put a sort of you know a geolocation on our conversation here in a, in like the U.S., that we're both kind of realizing and coming like like getting there, and then yeah. also working in the wrong direction at the same time, and polarizing and and insulating, and and if we were, if there's a hope of like like, can I make a tiny dent slash con contribution to this? Is like, is there, is there more connection and more likely that we work out how to change fast enough yeah. than, than, than the kind of the descent off the other edge, which is not a nice spot. Um, I think that's the piece I hope for. Um, and, and, and again, as you said, we, we've always enjoyed chatting about books. This one of sort of life-changing books that, that, that I read this summer because it was recommended by a sustainability guy 
uh, Andrew Winston, who, who, who recently wrote a book and has guest lectured on, on, on yeah. stuff, stuff here at Yale, fantastic yeah. gentleman. Um, he said, oh, like in a, in a piece of chat, he says, oh, you should have uh, you should have read Ishmael by Daniel Quinn, he was saying to this person. And I, I thought, like, oh, I don't know if I, so I'll we'll find it. Beautiful novel. I would recommend it to anyone if if uh, you want a sort of a, a novel's a novel's intro into sort of sustainability, uh, but a ph- philosophical one where the main character is a gorilla. Um, but that idea of where such a powerful idea of working out what the what the wisdom has been for humans for centuries, mm-hmm. centuries and, and you know, thousands of years. M- married with the sort of the wisdom the best of the wisdom of now mm-hmm. can we do that and and and, and bring i'm bringing in some of that sort of system thinking expertise into a course i'm teaching in the fall where this wonderful one uh, melanie goodchild talks about relational systems thinking and the sacred space between two things mm. whatever it is and in, in her culture it was between the the, the 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 canoe and the big ship the dutch ship and the and the, and the kind of and the northern ontarian canoe of of, of the native peoples yeah. sharing the same river space but that sort of the, the sacred space between and that most of our answers are lying in that space and and so if there is a place we can do that where we gain the wisdom of of our forefathers not only the ones with written histories and and sort of books and libraries but also spoken histories and 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 the, those that wisdom, and yeah. in, in in Daniel Quinn's one, like the the, the leavers, not the takers, um, um, the sort of those that n- knew how to leave the planet the way they found it, not take and own members of the planet rather than owners. Like 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 if if we can marry those wisdoms in time, um, I think that's the that's the that's the planet that you're sort of almost like. I think me and quite a few people are getting up every day just saying, how can we nudge closer to that? Yeah. And so how can we get more into that secret space in the middle? And maybe that just brain spark is, is thinking like answering your question, which I might not have done well enough earlier about like, what is the drive to hop between worlds? Mm is is either sort of and and almost like the curiosity and the fomo is like there's sacred spaces in the middle everywhere yeah there's like there's there's always sort of an answer in the gap there's like like nobody's right i'm not right you're not right there's some but there's something in the middle that's better than what either of us had before this conversation and it's in here it's like how do we get to there every time with every group and every discussion can we get to a new sort of space in the middle I think that's that's impact. Yeah. And can we do it fast enough? I mean, the classic piece is all this sort of nice talk is underpinned by like if we don't get pollution emissions down to like like you know net zero before twenty fifty, and then we don't realize that you know sort of tropical forests cannot regrow as fast as we're cutting them down, and and you know like, all these pieces and some of the things you know I'm you know, sort of doing on on that field as well, like, like trying to work out how to rainforest nations get enough money so that they change the economics on the ground so those trees are worth more alive than dead like this mm. um, th- th- there's there's almost like a like almost like a fascinating philosophy type idea like, like we can get lost in our, our our thoughts about what the right answer is it's between these two spaces and this idea like no but th- th- then there's like this this like we got to put our foot on the accelerator on yeah. this journey to a sustainable future what do you think what do you think it will take to make more of us willing to exist in the in that vulnerable sort of middle sacred space? Uh, I mean, a lot. I thought you were gonna say like, what's gonna take for us to get to that sustainable future, which is is another like a part B, but part yeah. B. But, uh, I mean, but a part A of like, like what would it take to more of us to get into that appreciation, that space? I mean, there's so many good seeds of this already in place. Is is just like it's 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 dialogue. There's a wonderful phrase from somebody. I'm gonna forget the the, the source. Apologies. Is that like it's really it's almost impossible to dislike somebody who whose story you know. My guest has been Peter Boyd, wearer of so many hats and 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 shoes uh, at least one to one and a half sizes larger than normal for when he runs in the desert. Thank you so much for being with us today. 
Ah, th- thank you so much for the time, Paul. It's, it's fantastic being with you again. My thanks to my guest, Peter Boyd. You can see both of his TED Talks on YouTube. You can follow him on Twitter. And you can check out his company, Time for Good, at the links below. Thanks for tuning in to Uncommon Good with Polly Reese. This program is produced in southwest Philadelphia on the unceded land of the Lenny Lenape tribe and the Black Bottom community. If you enjoyed listening to the show, please support us by leaving a five-star review and a comment and subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does help people find us. Uncommon Good is also available on YouTube and Instagram. Follow us there for accessible, closed-captioned video content and more goodies. We love questions and feedback. You can send us a DM on Instagram or an email at uncommongoodpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, wishing you every uncommon good to do your uncommon good to be the uncommon good.